All right, here we go. Salute to NBA Nation on this Wednesday afternoon, a post-Christmas edition of the NBA Report. TB the franchise, Alex Charles, Andrew South, the one-two combo in his regular weekly spot. Hit that like button, hit the share button, and subscribe to the channel because this is the number one NBA show for the fans, by the fans. And on today's episode, that Pistons free fall continues, 27 straight losses. We're going to get into that. Plus, is Katie unhappy now in Phoenix? We're going to unpack that. Lots of drama going on down there in uh, down in Phoenix in, in Arizona. And uh, Grizzlies are staying hot, man. John Morant and the Grizz go 4-0 and since his return. So we got a lot to talk about. Lock in once again. Call us up 657-383-1509. Or you could hit us up on the KF or on the NBA report Discord. Let's get into it, man. All right, fellas. Happy holidays, man. How are we feeling, bro? How are we feeling? Everybody have a good Christmas? Yeah, man. Had a good yeah. Christmas. Happy holidays right back to all you guys as well. Got to eat, got yeah. to drink. Got to party it up. You know how it is. And we got yeah. to, you know, depending how you feel about all the NBA games outside of that magnificent Knicks-Bucks game, it was a pretty decent slate, you know? It was a little weird yeah. having football, though. It was a little weird having football. How, football. how are you guys mix, feeling? The football mixed in was a little weird, but, like, with the Knicks winning, I could stomach a, a Giants close loss. So I actually watched some yeah. of that because the Laker game had gotten out of hand at some point. So then I switched over to Giants and Eagles. And, you know, the Gi Giants gave it their best shot. And it came down to the Antira back in the mix. But I could stomach it because the Knicks and Brunson took care of business, you know, beat the Bucks early in, in the first matchup of the NBA slate. So pretty, pretty good so far, man. A Andrew, how was your holiday, man? It was great. And that was a fantastic game. Um, Jalen Brunson, guy's different, man. That guy's different, the footwork. The ability, just everything he does, man. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about if he's a 1A guy or not, but I think he's listening yeah. to that, and I think he wants to prove everybody that he could be just that. He, he wants to prove everybody wrong, man, and I, yeah. I think it would start with an all-star bid. I hope Knicks fans really go out there and vote for him because he deserves it, man. He, he puts a lot yes. of work in. It takes a lot of effort for him to kill the way he does it. He makes it look effortless. But as you say, you watch him with the footwork and the physicality and the way mm. that it's working, it creates separation every time. It's, it's a lot of work, man. And the, and the and the efficiency from three is going up, right? Like he's yeah. just been incredible yeah. this season. He he's on a monster pace, man. And uh, you know, our guy Fred Katz of the Athletic was talking about, you know, he's not just on an all-star pace, he's on an all-NBA pace right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even last season there was MVP buzz. Like people were talking about it, like MVP yeah. buzz because of the impact. Maybe not the numbers were quite there with some of the top guys in the league, but the impact was immense, even last season. He's making the case right now, and like if no one's paying attention to what he's doing for the New York Knicks, then you're just you're just evading what the reality is. This guy is is different. Look, they got a good matchup tonight against the OKC Thunder. It's gonna be him and SGA just duking mm. it out. I'm looking yeah. forward to that matchup tonight. Did a preview for for Knicks fan TV. So for all you tuning in right now, right now who haven't watched yeah. that, make sure to go over there, check out the preview to get ready for tonight's game between the Knicks and the Thunder. But I'm looking forward to that matchup between those two spectacular guards. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's a shame that Mitchell Robinson went down because we don't get the Mitch versus Chet matchup, but yeah. the Chet versus iHeart matchup is going to be very interesting. Uh, you know, the Brunson, as, as your guest said, it might most likely will be Dort trying to take Brunson off of his game. And that's the thing, like, 
you know, Brunson usually can can out physical even the taller, mm. late rangier defenders. But Lou Dort, Lou Dort can play football out there now. So yeah, he does. <laughs> that's gonna be a matchup to watch. I'm wondering how how Brunson maneuvers against that defense. And hey, even if he draws Shea on a matchup, you know, Shea has a lot of wingspan. He'll he'll give it a fight defensively as well. And then on the other end, the Chet matchup, Knicks have already had issues with Porzingis. They have issues with those stretch fives. And now you have Chet, who can not only space the floor out on you, but can t- attack off the dribble. Isaiah Hartenstein is going to have his hands full, Julius Randle as well. So that, that's going to be the game of the night for me. With the offensive-driven NBA, don't you like iHeart in there, though, getting some more minutes? He's um uh, he's not the defensive yeah. player's Mitch. He's not the rebounder Mitch's. But the way he connects the team is quite efficient. Absolutely. But his discipline is roller coaster. Mm. You know mm. what I'm saying? And against Chet who is is playing like a savvy NBA vet. Yes. I think that might be tough, especially when he's attacking off the dribble because Hartenstein, he likes to play aggressive. He likes to play with a lot of energy. And so it's going to be left to be seen. You know, OKC's going to be in the second night of a back-to-back. I want to see how, you know, if, if they go there because right behind Hartenstein is Taj Gibson. And yes. so if they break through that, then, oh. you know, the, the advantage is, is on their side. So I'm going to be interested to see how that chess match plays out. Tibbs definitely has Taj on speed dial. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, but fortunately, you know what I mean? Shout out to Taj. That's all God, man. Brooklyn boy. But damn, it's like <laughs> this was supposed to be break glass in emergency. And they broke the glass on his second day on the job. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> My man didn't, didn't even finish getting his number printed. And he's like, yo, we, we need you 20 minutes tonight, man. Most definitely. Uh, unbelievable, man. But let's get into last night's action because uh, the Detroit Hints and Pistons continue to make history. The second of a one of those back-to-backs where they played the same team. They played the Brooklyn Nets last night at home in Detroit and got off to a, to a pretty fast start. Uh, but things would kind of fall apart for those, that Piston team in the second quarter. Uh, Nets came back and then, you know, the Nets themselves had an 11-point lead in the third. But give credit to Cade Cunningham, man. A monster, monster second half. Scored 18 of Detroit's 31 points in the third in the third period. Cade Cunningham on his way to 41 points. But it was all for naught, man. It, it was all for naught as the Nets pull away at the end. And Detroit now suffers win number, loss number 27 in a row. The, uh, they break the tie with the 2010-2011 Cavs and the 2013-2014 76ers and now set their sights on the 13, uh, the 15-16 uh, Sixers who had 28 straight losses between two seasons. So they are the single season record holder, but now they're going for the big one. Now they're going for overall bum nights. I don't know how what's what's going on in, D- in Detroit, Ed. Simple and plain. This team sucks. <laughs> like there's nothing else yeah, to really yeah. say about it. I mean, look, you got talent on that team. You got you got Jalen Duran, you got Kate Cunningham, you got Jaden Ivey, and yet you still can't knock out wins. You got Thompson. It's just crazy, dude. And and like when you look at all the moves that they made this offseason, it's like, oh, there should be a young, fun team coming in here. You know, you see Kate Cunningham come back off injury last season. Maybe there's there was that optimism. And then you get Monty, even though it was a crazy bag that he you give a head coach, or like you see the the work Monty did with the Phoenix Suns. But it's just been a mess, man. I mean, the fact that you have like an outstanding performance from Cade Cunningham last night, he drops 41 points, gives you a great efficient basketball game. 
you still lose. Like you lose one eighteen to one twelve, and that's like it's a close matchup. And it's not like the Brooklyn Nets have a lot of like it, like outside of Macau Bridges. Like there's no major superstar on that team. Like that's they're in that range, in my opinion. Like that's yeah. where they should be competing with the Nets. But yet when you watch this team, it like. You have Killian Hayes starting off the season over Jaden Ivey, which didn't make any sense to me. You drafted you drafted him fourth, and yet you're choosing Killian Hayes, who poor shooter, you know, not moving up to his billing of what he came out in the draft. And I'm like, what are we doing here? So, you know, between all of that, it's just I don't know like what the Pistons are doing. You got to figure it out on, on how you get this team organized because as of right now, there is there's just nothing going on. I, I feel bad for Cade, man. I feel bad for Cade. You know, he's trying to say all the right things. This is on me as the leader. But, man, oh, man. I mean, that's a that's a huge, huge burden to bear when you want to be the franchise player and you're taking on 27 straight losses on top of having an outstanding year. I mean, you know, mired in this 27-game streak, Andrew, is Cade Cunningham is having, you know, close to a most improved type of season, a healthy season where he's coming out, he's he's coming out guns blazing, scoring the ball very well. But, man, you know, not even enough to get these guys a W. I'm hurting for that guy, man. CP, you should feel sorry for him. Um, it was the same situation, Oklahoma State, man. Like, he didn't have spacing around him. He didn't have the right teammates around him. And we fast-forwarded. It's the same situation right now. He was the number one pick for a reason. Great player. We look back this summer, right? And I know you don't want to put too much stock into scrimmages, but it was a team ver scrimmaging versus a Team USA team with Anthony Edwards and Jalen Brunson yeah. and Tyrese Halliburton. And Cade Cunningham looked like the best player on the court. I know it's a scrimmages, but this guy is a future NBA all-star. I think he could be a future NBA superstar, but it's almost like the Luka thing. You need spacing. You need shooting around him. You need lob threats. You need defense. And then we will see how great Cade, Cun how great Cade Cunningham could really be. But even in this situation, he could show out, right, with without proper spacing and without the right teammates. So I do feel bad for him, but... Hopefully one day he'll get the right team around him so he can show what he can really do. It's it's a sad situation. There's no other way to put it. And the thing is, like, you have, like, Jalen Duran, right, like, on that team who started off the season really hot, and you're like, oh, yeah. wow, they really found something over here. Maybe you get that Cade Duran one-two combo punch, and it's just – there's nothing there, man. There, it, it is on, – on most nights, there's really nothing there. And for a, a fan base, right, and the Pistons have, like, a really good fan base – 15th in attendance, you know, 15th. and like, yeah, you talk about that attendance. It's like, this is the product you're putting out there, man. Like if you're the front office, what are you thinking? Like CP, I'm going to throw it to you. What are you thinking right now? That's going to shake things up. If you're in Detroit right now and you have this issue. Yeah. I'm thinking first, shake my GM up and get him up out of there. Jazzy Jeff style. <laughs> Open the front door. If you Tom Gores and send Troy V where packing. All right. You send him down to Flint. Because, I mean, th this rests on his hands. You go out there, you give Monty Williams an incredible bag after he turned it down. You remember, we talked about this with our, with, with our guy, uh, uh, Justin Termini. Monty Williams did not want the job in the beginning. So now you practically beg him. And he's here. And it's not to say that he's doing a bad job. Obviously, yes, everybody's on the hook for this. Everybody, from players, from front office on down, right? Coach included. But what I'm saying is, it's hard to say whether or not his heart is in it because we're not in that locker room. We're not on the bench, but that's a bad sign, bro. When you turn it down in the beginning 
It meant that you didn't want it <laughs> to begin with. Phil Jackson style when the, for the Phil Knicks, right? Jackson style. Phil Jackson style, right? Like, it was just not a good look, but... You know, a couple extra M's will, will will make you change fast. But they've they've got to start with Troy Weaver. He's got to fall on his sword by the end of the season. But between now and then, they've got to make a move. I mean, the veterans that they brought in trying to kind of fortify their young players and help them win hasn't converted any into anything. And, not, and none of the vets that they brought in have been winners previously. Not Bogdanovich, not my guy Alec Burks, not Joe Harris. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of the, the, the veteran players have, like, been to, to to places where they can like really show these young guys like this is where we need to be a lot of those guys are kind of just like filling role players good vets but those guys are more so along for the ride you need you need winners in here you need guys that can help bring these young guys along and so far the the veteran players that they brought in have done nothing so the next thing on the list is to get those guys out of here you trade burks you trade Bogdanovich, yes, you get more draft capital. Yes, the next year's draft is not supposed to be great, but you collect some for the future. You go the Sam Presti route. Maybe you absorb some contracts along the way, and you try to flip those things down down the road. But right now, if your vets aren't helping you, start from there and, and, get, and send them packing. Do you guys Andrew. think they need to look at teams for um, trades like maybe the Warriors or the Lakers that could give up some of their youth and maybe take a Bogdanovich? Because he could probably help a legit contender right now. Yeah. No, no, no question. And and speaking of that, let's um let's go to the we have a clip from Shams from their FanDuel TV show earlier today. Here was Shams in terms of what the Detroit Pistons could potentially be looking for on, on the trade market. Let, let's uh, listen to Shams and react to it. Moves, um, they're going to evaluate everything from the front office um, to the roster. I think at this point, everyone but Kate Cunningham, Jalen Duran have to be up for grabs. When you think about guys like Boyan Bogdanovich, Monte Morris, they have value around the league. What could the Pistons get for them in a trade? The, the Pistons do want a four-man in free agency. They're going to be active. They have 50 to 60 million in cap space next summer. I'm told some names to keep an eye on. Pascal Siakam, Ojan Anubi, Tobias Harris, as well as Miles Bridges. And so this is 27 games and counting. They can try to go make a trade right now, but at this point, nothing is, is changing their season. And the Charles, that they're on. Four man, they need a three man, a two man, a five man. They need, they need, <laughs> All the men. The fact that they have a priority in free agency is shocking because they need everything, bro. This is ridiculous. All right, so that was Shams of The Athletic and FanDuel TV on their Run It Back uh, daily NBA show. So he says some names to keep an eye on. Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Tobias Harris, and Miles Bridges. Al, uh, what do you think, man? I don't see how any of this is going to make a big difference for what the Pistons got to do. There's more work than just, like, trading for, like, these are good, like, Pascal Siakam all-star level, OG Ananobi, we know what he is, a good, a solid role player. Tobias Harris, solid role player. Miles Bridges, I get it, but none of those names really push the Pistons in the right direction to what they need, man. I, I Honestly, what I'm looking to do, like I know these names, and I want to get your guys' thoughts, I'm looking to trade some of the guys I have. Maybe you trade a Kate Cunningham. Maybe you trade a Jalen Duran. because bringing one of these guys in doesn't seem to be pushing, wouldn't probably push the team in the right direction. Andrew, I, I'm going to start with you. What do you think about trading one of those guys? On I the roster already. Yeah, I wouldn't trade Cade. I think he's a generational talent, to be quite honest. I mean, he's just been phenomenal his whole life. Like, just a top-level player, was a number one pick for a reason. 
The Jaden Ivey thing I could see because I think he does have some trade value, and I'm sure that teams around the league feel like he's not utilized right. You know, he was getting those John Morant comparisons in college, which I never understood that because he never had quite the vision or athleticism that John Morant does. But he's a very talented guy with two-way potential, super elite athletically. And I think he would have a lot of trade value for some younger teams and maybe bring in somebody because he's not being used right. There's obviously something going on with him and Monty because, as you said, like Killian is getting more playing time than him. Like he yeah. should be the guy getting more playing time. So if you're not going to use him right, you might as well trade him to a team that could use him and bring something back. Um, they got to definitely shake things up. And to your point, I don't think any of these names make a huge difference. Pascal, any team, Pascal could almost help any team. Really great sure. basketball player. As you mentioned, Al, all-star. Miles Bridges, I mean, you're trying to change culture. I don't know if Miles Bridges is the guy to bring in. I don't fact. know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, for me, Cade, Duran, and he, I, I would include Usar Thompson in, in that core. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the mm -hmm. core you want to keep. But you have to figure out, like, in the case of Thompson and, and even Duren, it's like, you know, how how are they doing from a player development standpoint? Is this too much for them at this moment? Like, do we need better veterans that can come in and kind of, you know, allow these guys to grow into their roles on this team, right? Like, a lot of people want to blame Tom Thibodeau. We go back to the Knicks thing. A lot of people want to blame Tibbs for his lack of player development. But also, when you look at how a guy like Emmanuel quickly came up, Yes, he got 20 minutes per game as a rookie, but it was selective, right? Like Tibbs would put him in in spots where he felt like he could succeed. And ultimately, here you go, three three years later, he's, he's, he's almost six man of the year. He grew into that play. He grew into that role. He grew into their most reliable role player in the fourth quarter. The guy that logged the most fourth quarter minutes for that team. Like he grew and developed and evolved over that time. I think they need to evaluate, you know, is this too much right now for even an Ivy or Thompson or Duran? But I would look at Cade, Duran is Thompson's that core. I would look to move Ivy if you could get something for him. And then, you know, those guys at that Shams name, like none of those guys are necessarily going to move the needle, but you you need a shakeup. That's what they. That's what they need. Mm -hmm. They need a little bit of of a shakeup here, man, and and you know gets get some of those guys out of there. Those names that that they listed, those are tough players, two way players. Um, look, the, the Miles Bridges thing. Yes, you're trying to get culture, and and that's a, probably a bad name to start with. He just got the couldn't even go play the Raptors the other day. You know, got his passport denied. But that's a hometown kid. It's a hometown product athleticism off the chart, maybe a, a fresh start, fresh scenery, send them home. Maybe that helps both sides, right? Like, yeah. oh, listen, listen, you know, we, everybody wanted to cancel trail Spreewell aside after he choked out PJ Carlissimo. Hey, came to New York and, and, and captured the heart of the city. That was a hard thing to do after we lost John Starks. He did that in one year. I'm just saying, you never know. I'm not I'm not here to prop up Miles Bridges and everything that he did and all of that. But as long as he's in the league right now, he's, he's still an active member of the NBA. You never know that that could be a spark. You bring the hometown kid home, him and Cade running and gunning out there. Who knows? Maybe you never, I just. Didn't, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Al. Nah, maybe, maybe that's I don't necessarily think he needs a change of scenery. I just I just don't see what like Miles Bridges to me is he's an ancillary piece. You got to figure out what the core pieces are before you add, like you can add a miles bridges, but I don't see him yep. taking this team to the next level saying, all right, 
We got yeah. Miles Bridges. Now we're gonna start winning some games, and we'll be okay. We'll be in the mix for everything. It's got to start within, man. It's got to start with Cade. It's got to start with uh, Thompson. It's got to start with Duren. If those, if that's your core right there, you said it. You got to figure out how you're gonna get these guys involved and acclimated. If I'm, if I'm Detroit, though, like I think, I, I forget, I forget if it was either UCP or, or if you, Andrew, said you got to trade Ivy. I think it was you, Andrew, but like I'm looking to trade Ivy and just looking to get in that vet that you're talking about, CP. Like you need somebody who's going to hold these guys accountable. I mean, you see what Eric Gordon was saying about the Houston Rockets last season, right? Like you saw that he there was no accountability there. It was not serious. He wanted to get out of that situation immediately. But then you go to other situations and you can even talk about the Knicks, right? When you have someone like a Burks, you have someone like a Taj who's a good role model and knows how to get these guys in the right mindset to compete on a night-to-night basis. I agree with that, but you also need a guy who's also talented that's willing to take that challenge on. Like you had somebody like that in Jeremy Grant, but then didn't work out there. So I think the NBA is so much about meshing skill sets and tendencies even more than sliding positions at this point, right? And CP, I really love those three. Like I want to see those three stay in Detroit. But with those three, I think you need shooting, spacing, and defense, yeah. right? Yeah. So like we have to look at though that archetype of player. Tobias is kind of that guy out of these three. Yeah. But he doesn't even want to be that guy. Like right. he wants right. to be the guy with the right. basketball. Right. So yeah, you need to find a guy who really wants to fit those type of roles at yeah. a high level. So that's what I would say. These guys don't really fit so well outside of Tobias with Cade, but Pascal is an you know, all NBA guy at one point. So you take him if you could get him, right? He's just going to yeah. make you better right off the bat. But none of these guys are really a great fit, or as you guys said, move the needle. You're right. Especially they need the shooting, especially. I mean, they're, they're one of the worst shooting teams in the league. Mm-hmm. No question about it. I just feel like, you know, when I look at this roster, I look at the depth chart, like they don't have dogs like that, man. Like a lot of these places they have a soft yeah. Killian Hayes, Ivy. Like, you know, Stewart is cool. He, he, he's a tough guy, New York guy. We know that. But, like, he doesn't have the talent to kind of back that up. He's good as their, like, emotional leader. And that's why I'm not even sure if they trade him. Like, you could use him because he brings you that toughness, mm-hmm. that physicality. But, like, Burks, you know, Wiseman, Marvin Bagley, like, Bogdanovich, even a coach. Like, they're, they're just soft all across the board. They don't have hustlers. They don't have go-getters. And that's why I say, like, a guy like a Miles Bridges, like, you, you need some more toughness, some more edge in there. And that's why I say, even though he may not fit skill set-wise to a T, Maybe that's a, a little a spark. You get some athleticism in there. Hometown kid. You get him in there, don't throw it off the backboard. You know what I mean? Bash on somebody. So you, yeah. you need a little bit of a spark, man, because behind Cade, I just don't see it. Yeah, they're lacking grit for sure. It does seem like they're kind of just like rolling the balls out. Let's like get some cardio in. Like, let's yeah. like just get some open <laughs> run. Like, like how I go to Equinox. Like, you know, just get some shots up. Like, you're right. The grit isn't there. I totally agree. And yeah. maybe you're right on that point. Maybe they need a guy like that to just really just like force himself and will himself into the game. Um, That and shooting is definitely lacking for this team. Big time, big time, man. And as we look at their schedule, I mean, when does this thing end? Because oh, uh, Celtics, right? <laughs> at Celtics tomorrow on Thursday. So I don't see that. Maybe it's so looks like they are breaking the record. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's Saturday versus Toronto. Could it be New Year's Day in H-Town? I don't know. I don't see it. Or yeah, could be when, one three. When you're talking about CP, the grit and the mentality is right there at H Town. Okay, between the head coach Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks, that ain't gonna happen. Dylan Brooks, you know, 
Um, what, what Andrew? What do you think? Nah, the what Dylan Brooks thing was the Dylan Brooks thing was always crazy to me. How like the whole internet was telling him he's about to go play in China. Like I always thought that was ridiculous. That guy, that guy was always like a really good basketball player with tremendous and Oregon grit. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every everywhere, bro. Like yeah, he always had the, grit. The Dylan Brooks takes were some of the worst takes of the internet. Worst takes. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's Saturday home against Toronto. Maybe that's where they find it. But at Utah, no, they, you know, they, at, they bring they bring Pascal back home with them from right, Toronto. Bring Pascal <laughs> back home because after that, they're at Utah. They're at Houston, at Utah, at Golden State, and at uh, Denver before coming Ooh. home to play the Kings. Or maybe it's the Spurs, January tenth. Mm. You maybe got Spurs Utah. on the tenth. Wizards on the fifteenth. What'd you say? Maybe it's Utah. Maybe it's Utah. Maybe it's Utah where where they uh, where they break the curse there. Although they did lose to the Kelly Olenek, uh Jazz uh, not they too did. long ago. They did. So so they should be out for revenge there, man. But um, man, twenty seven straight losses, bro. That's tough to do, right? That feels like it's tough to do. Yeah. yeah. That I mean, it feels like not, they didn't even build that team with the intention of doing this. Yeah, hundred percent. They want to win some games this year. This wasn't a tank. This wasn't supposed to be a tank year. This was not supposed to be a tank job, man. But here we are. So, man. So, salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. I had one more thing on on this um on this Detroit team, and I completely forgot, man. Sam Hinkie's probably smiling like somewhere like that's the way you tank. That's the way you do it, man. (laughs) Andrews is real. Yo, did you did you hear the governor go like he looked like he was on a Zoom call? He needs to get his camera up if you're the governor of the team. But anyway, he uh, he went on. He's like, it's not. Don't panic. We're way past. We're way past panic, bro. We're We're way way past past that, bro. Yeah, we're We're disgusted. You 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 got you got uh, uh, fans selling saying sell the team. So now it's about to start hitting you in the pockets. You yeah. know, they've been, That's- God bless those fans because they've been loyal. They've been patient. As we said, 15th in attendance. But now it's going to start hitting your pockets. And when you look at the teams, when we just talk about the schedule, that's the thing I wanted to, to talk about. Uh, Jacques Vaughn, the head coach of the Nets, when he met with the media after last night's game, he said, uh, I didn't sleep that much because I knew how hard this game was going to be, especially trying to beat a team two nights in a row. So you could imagine no team is going to want to be that team. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get everybody's best shot. So now in the dog days of the league, now you got guys getting ready for you now, like like you to, like you to Denver Nuggets. Adam Silver, who would it do with a midseason tournament and a 20 20- Seven loss team is going to give you some great games in the doldrums of the NBA season. <laughs> All of a sudden, Joel Embiid gets healthy again. Maybe Draymond comes back in the Warriors game. You know, oh, oh man, it's yeah. like well, it's like it's like when the Warriors were on that winning streak, right? Well, I forget what, you, what season it was. I think it was their seventy nine game win season. They like they start off the season real hot, but you can remember the team that broke their record, which was the Boston Celtics. The team yeah. that loses that yeah. breaks the record to the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, look, man. That might, that's what's, <laughs> yeah. How's that going to be worse though? Bro. The 27 losses though, or 28. Uh, bro, I remember when Knicks fans got on me because I was tight that we almost lost to this team. And they're like, whoa, 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 CP, this is a professional basketball team. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, no, we're not supposed to lose to them. All right. We, we are not supposed to lose to them. So uh, Detroit basketball, Detroit Nation, hang in there. Better days ahead. Uh, but speaking of uh, not so great days, man, let's talk about Kevin Durant. But let's get into it. Kevin Durant, 
Mr. Phoenix Sun himself is back in the news, man. And you know, Suns are struggling. They're 14 and 15 on the campaign. Uh, Bradley Beal, we know the situation. No Bradley Beal. He hasn't been around. The Beal, Booker, Durant experiment lasted all but a couple minutes in one game before they lost Bradley Beal to an ankle injury. They've now lost three in a row, including Christmas Day, losing by 14 to Dallas. A loss to the Kings before that and loss to the Blazers before that, man. So um, this is what Woj had to say on the Katie topic. And uh, we're, we're going to hear the Woj's comment, go to Katie's response, and then and then let, let's respond to, to all of it. All right, let's start with the Woj soundbite on, on Katie. Durant, you talk to people in Phoenix and around that organization, you know, they can feel the frustration with Durant. Part of that certainly... Uh, is the missed games for Brad Beal. This team was built around those three stars. Uh, the underwhelming supporting cast, that comes from those massive trades for Durant and Bradley Beal that really gutted uh, the organization and left them you know, having to sign a lot of minimum players to fill out the payroll, and then an, an understanding uh, that they lack the assets, the draft picks, the, the trade capital to go out and really improve this team. This is something... They're going to have to manage in Phoenix with Kevin Durant. You've seen it before, and it reminds you, it is a stark reminder of how short of a window and how this team has to win big, and they have to win big quickly uh, based on how it was constructed. And having Kevin Durant still playing at an all-NBA uh, level and a healthy Kevin Durant, and there's a lot at stake for this organization. It's got to change soon. All right, so that was the Woj's comment uh, on Katie. Uh, Gamer, do we have the uh, the, the Katie uh, Instagram reply to to all of this? I, I forgot if I put it in the Slack. Let me know if we have it. Okay, we're going to pull it up. Uh, do say Rhodes in the chat says, Katie made his bed. He must live in it. Hashtag suck it up. Yeah, we're we definitely going to get to that. Um, we're going to pull up Katie's response. As Woj said, uh, he could be frustrated in Phoenix. So while we wait on that, man, a Andrew, what's your takes on this whole situation, man? The Instagram response is pretty funny, even though we haven't heard it yet. But I do think there is some truth to it because yeah. Woj is reporting on how somebody feels, not how the person actually right. reacted he, or said anything. Um, but he you says know, it. I, I ha we have it here, so we'll just read it for the people. Yeah. Real quick. He says, Woj says somebody else feels that I'm frustrated and turns into me being mentally checked out because there was clips going around him not playing defense in the Dallas game. Uh, he says, this shit is crazy. These people can flat out lie on my name and make shit up and you people will believe it. But when my teammates and coaches speak on how I am as a teammate, you ignore it. LOL. Good. Yeah. So, I mean, when I talked to people that worked with the Brooklyn Nets, they thought KD, Kyrie and Harden were like really great people. But a lot of people did tell me that KD was moody. So, I mean, if he's moody from what I'm hearing, it doesn't matter if he's winning or losing. He might come into practice with his hoodie on not being like he just might look upset sometimes. It doesn't necessarily mean he wants to leave or he's looking to be traded or anything like that. The team might be reacting to it in a way that, oh, it must be us because of all the adversity that they went to. That's just my two cents reading into the situation. But, you know, Bradley Bill hasn't been in there. This wasn't what it was supposed to be. And Bradley Beal does bring something to their team, a little bit of athletic pop that they don't have, like, you know, former all-star player, former league leader in scoring. So he would help them. I would say that 
from what I always said, there was a redundancy in skill set with those three guys. I never like totally believed in it, but I would also say I never thought they were legit title contenders this year. I thought they would have to build chemistry over time. And with Bradley's build injury, it's just been tough. It's been unfortunate so far. I don't even know what to make of all this, man, to be honest with you. But if I'm reading what we're saying, like, it wouldn't surprise me, like, Andrew, what you're saying, like, it makes total sense being a moody person. Like, you're going to show emotions differently, wear your heart on your sleeve, and it doesn't really matter, right? But, hey, that is what it is at the end of the day. Be angry one day, you can be happy the next day, but it's still, uh, you know, it's still somebody who is going to come in there and do their job on a day-to-day basis, regardless how they're feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he is feeling a little bit of resistance, man, and he's upset with that because, look, this is a guy who left OKC to go to the Warriors, who also left the Warriors to go to the Nets, the Nets now to go to the Suns, and it's like it's fair. that a little bit of adversity. It seems like he's running away, right? Like you go, you're up three one against the Warriors. You lose. You go join the team that beats you. You then get some adversity from Draymond Green in the conversation there. Even though there was already talk about him wanting to potentially leave the Warriors, he then goes join the Brooklyn Nets with your with your boy Kyrie. You bring in James Harden. You have DeAndre Jordan there prior to James Harden. Like you're trying to figure out there. You get a little bit of adversity. You only make it to the second round, and then last season we know how it all ends. He prefer he requested a trade at the beginning of the season. Before the season even started, him and Kyrie both request both wanted out. Midseason, they get dealt. Kyrie going to Mavs, KD going to Phoenix. I wouldn't be surprised if he's feeling a little bit more adversity. And he's like, this is not the way I projected it. You know, he's getting to the latter half of his career. He wants to go out on top. That being said, I don't buy this whole I I agree with uh who sent the uh, Duce road saying Katie yeah. made his bet. He must live in it. Like if he is feeling frustrated, you chose this path. You requested the Suns. That was your top destination. And if that's the case, go figure it out, man. It's not going to be easy. It's an 82 game season. Every team goes through their ups and downs. It is what it is. On top of that, like, like I said, you you you've constantly chosen where you want to go. I saw Brandon Jennings say Katie deserves better than this. What? what are you talking about? What, was, what are you yo, talking about, such, man? That was Bro. such an engagement alley. You, it was you, you could you could see the desperation Bro. in that tweet. Oh like, like, yo, man, stop it, bro. You know, stop, you, stop, you know stop, what was worse stop. than that from that podcast, by the way? Like, I, yeah. I appreciate I appreciate their hard work. I appreciate what they're doing over there. Yeah. But Rashad McKenz, real hoopers know KD is better than LeBron. Real hoopers know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he added the real hoopers know to it. I was like, oh man. I, I yeah. can't. You know, I, look, I, I think Katie gets a lot of a lot of heat, a lot of criticism about the how he operates, the the ring chasing, the team jumping, the the subliminals on Twitter, you know, the the shadow accounts, all of that stuff. Like he, he gets a lot of heat for that. I understand it. But I, I can't I can't knock him on this one. I mean, media is a very powerful thing. And if you listen to what Woj said, Katie hit it right on the head. Like he's telling you secondhand account for first well secondhand account about him but from some random person who's feels like it seems like katie checked out right and then you got random clips going around on the internet of people trying to like analyze one play you like all players don't take plays off sometimes like that's very dangerous man i hate micro analyzing little clips about body language, about effort, about this, that, and the third, because it never tells the whole picture. It's a 48 minute game. I'm not going to knock him for it. And even if he is frustrated, it's understandable. 
You, you brought in Bradley Beal. He can't stay healthy. He's hurt. Team is 14 and 15. Kevin Durant's averaging 30 points a game. What is this, his highest scoring mark of his career? He's killing yeah. it. He's doing his job. The rest of the team is just not it. And look, the, the Beal situation was what it was. I felt like to try to get away from that, that CP3, $30 million, they did what they could, sacrificing fit to bring in talent that you probably couldn't get outside of that cp3 contract you know what i'm saying like i'm not sure what the alternative was to to keep them on a competitive track and now they're stuck trying to figure things out i did think that based on the circumstances and where they are and the lack of flexibility and maneuverability i thought that they did as as best as they could to feel the supporting cast with that team now we just got to wait and see how it all plays out. I mean, we're 29 games into the season already riding their obituary, and I think that's a little bit dangerous. I think it's a little bit dangerous without Bradley Beal, fully healthy. Walsh is a smart guy, man. He knows when to put these tweets out. Remember that tweet he had about Utah missing all their players right before they played the Pistons? Yeah. So yeah. everybody could watch that game like, oh, the Pistons could win this one. Right. And that's what everything right. really got crazy. And he knows if he tweets that, which he's not lying. Like maybe they do feel that way. It doesn't mean it's necessarily true that he wants to leave or anything like that. Right. It's going to build up a lot of public angst and a lot of engagement. So right. I think Woj is very smart with the timing of these tweets. Absolutely. For sure. And like, that's where it's like, I don't doubt that he is frustrated. As CP pointed out, like this is one of his best scoring seasons possible. Like how, how can you not be frustrated when you're in the Western conference? There's right. other teams ahead of you right now. You see OKC making a jump. You see uh, Minnesota like uh, doing better than last season. How are you watching everybody else and not frustrated when you supposedly have a big three that's supposed to be cooking guys on a night to night basis. And you're not even doing that. You're about, you're a, below a 500 team you're out of the plane right now i wouldn't be surprised he's frustrated does it mean like as you guys said does he want to leave no but i would i i would be shocked if he's not frustrated okay being in this situation i would be shocked if you're not frustrated that your phoenix suns are not even in play play in competition right now so i don't doubt that i think what i do like what katie said is that the 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 jumping to the x which is like oh he's frustrated he probably wants to leave and I think that's the more frustrating part with Katie's history is that if you say that Katie's frustrated, you can just easily see the memes of him, like for the Players Tribune, with another logo of whatever team saying, ah, he's going to go to the Celtics or the Warriors or wherever else. And I think for him, if he is a moody person, maybe that does get under his skin saying, look, I'm a talented basketball player. How come it always comes back to me having to leave when it's a difficult situation? But that he kind of wrote his own story with this, with what he's done. So. To that, I can understand if, like, you don't, if, like, you're a player that's, like, sensitive saying, I don't like being made fun of in this way. But I, w- I would be pretty shocked if he's not frustrated where the Phoenix Suns are right yeah. now as a whole. I mean, you're well, right next to the Utah Jazz, man. Well, like, well, I'd be yeah. pissed. What were your guys' expectations, let's say, in full health going into the season for the Suns? Were they legit title contenders this year? Like, how did you guys feel about them? On paper, they were top-heavy, very strong, but a a lot had to break right for them. They went all in for this thing. I mean, look, I mean, look at this. Name a situation where you have a brand-new coach and a brand-new team. (laughs) Brand-new team. Aiden is gone. CP3 is gone. Uh, Channing, Jay Crowder is gone. Like, that that whole core that they had that that they went to the finals with, nobody's there except for Devin Booker. He's literally, uh, unless, I don't remember where Ebanks was on, on that team, if he was on that championship team or not. But nobody else is on that record. Campaign is gone. 
Yeah. You know, uh, sorry. Bridges is gone. gone. Bridges is gone. Miles McCall Bridges is gone. So the, it's a brand new team. So to expect that they were just going to, you know, rise to the top. Obviously, I'm still putting Denver ahead of them. You know, I would still even think coming into this, I, I still can't put anything past the Lakers. Just by the way that they finished last year. So I still thought that they were teams that were clearly ahead of the Suns. But, you know, it's it's there's no easy. There's no perfect way to build, man. There's no perfect way to build. And there's, but we just need, I think we also need to see when Bill comes back, how they look for, in a bigger sample size. I, I was always skeptical about this team because of the injury history between all, especially Katie and Bill. Like, yeah, Booker missed some time last year, but the injury history thing was really questionable. And before, you know, we had uh, Gerald uh, Borgo come on the show before they even got Yusuf Nurgit and everybody else and really broke that thing down. Like, I like those moves, but still, even with those moves, I had them as a top six team in the West, but I never thought they were going to be a fi- uh, like a Western Conference Finals or, or even a championship contending team just because I just didn't see, like, I, I, it's hard for me to believe that Bill's going to be healthy at the end. How of about the in full health, Al? How about in full health? How you feel? No, about not that? even. I don't think yeah. they're, I don't think, I don't think they're a championship contending team, even in full health. I mean, I look at the, the defense just from the Minnesota Timberwolves. You're not getting past that with the Phoenix Suns. You can have all that shooting talent in the world. At some point, you got to get critical yeah. stops. And then Denver, like I, they're just such a well-oiled machine and, and have the proper players at each position, right? They have their yeah. guy in Nikola Jokic. They got Jamal Murray, who's a great complimentary player to Jokic. And then they have all the proper role players filling in after that and knowing their role. I just feel like when you have a big three of Beal, Booker, and KD, you're asking for someone to then play a role they're not accustomed to, which is Beal, in right. my opinion. You're asking to be, hey, you're going to be this catch-and-shoot guy in the corner because you can't tell Booker not to be that. And you can't tell KD, one of the great, like one of the best players to ever play the game, to be something less than. So with that, Beal's got to take a step back. He's got to be the Chris Bosh in this situation. And, I, and for a guy who's been on ball out in Washington, I don't see a guy who's going to really transition that well into that system. And, and now that he's even missing more time than necessary – you're cutting that like entire full season to half when he comes back and then saying, Hey, get ready through 40 games to be ready to go compete. And I just don't even see it being that good next season. Cause Beal's still going to miss time next season. Mm. Totally agree with you. And a big reason why the Warriors were so great was because outside of the KD years, their top three players complemented each other so well. And on this team, their top three players have a lot of redundancy and skill set, even mm. if they were healthy and they would have to sca- sacrifice basically they're the same player just katie happens to be seven foot and that's what makes him an all-time great yep. yeah it, it's a lot man somebody had to sacrifice it and that was why i was okay with the eight and deal because i just didn't feel like he was going to have a chance to be who he wants to be with mm-hmm. so much guys that that have to dominate the ball like somebody's got to do the dirty work set the screens get it out the mud for you play physical get on the boards and that's what i that's why i think they went with part of the reason why they way that why they went with um Nurkic you know far from a perfect player by any stretch but a guy that can can do a little bit less it can do a little bit more without the ball in his hands than than I felt like Aiton could with with that team. But again, you know, a brand new coach, brand new system, brand new philosophy. Everybody's new. I, we got to give him more time than just a twenty nine game sample size. But the position that the Suns have put themselves in, the way that they've handcuffed their future, mm. as Wode said in that clip, it's a short short window that you got to try to get right. You, you barely have any control of your future draft picks over the next seven years, you know? And, and so those are the risks. And, and we're seeing it time and time again, when you try to 
short, not necessarily short cup, because the Suns were trying to trying to get there from you know bubble when they made it almost made it and Booker was, was on his rise and they made it to the chip. So they've kind of been on that climb, but now they're trying to solidify that. But you know, it, it's no easy path, man. It's no easy path. You know, we, we just got finished talking about the, the Pistons who have been tanking, trying to tank their way to the top. And it seems like they got a lot of the plays wrong so far. And they've had number one picks, number two, number three, five, nine, all over the lottery. You look at OKC, it's working out well, right? It's yeah. working out well. There's, there's no perfect rebuild, man. They're in too deep for that route. Like they, yes. got, they got to be all in at this point. So yeah, but 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 CP, this is a shortcut because as you already noted, like the entire team has changed. Like they don't have DeAndre, Ayton. they don't have Macau Bridges, they don't have Javon Carter, they don't have Tory Craig, they don't have Jay Crowder. You know, they don't have Cam Johnson anymore. Okay, uh, like they don't got campaign. They don't got Chris Paul. Like this, this is a completely new roster, as you said. So when you don't even want to, and, and when you don't even want to invest in the guys that helped you get to the finals, right? You want to talk about Chris Paul being unavailable and you got to figure out the point guard position. That's one position. That's one position you got to figure out. And after what he's done with, you know, what you see with OKC or any other team and just how he helps the next generation of players get ready to take on that role. You should have been prepping for a guard right behind Chris Paul to say, okay, who's that point guard that's going to learn from Chris Paul? Because, you know, we had a great run. He finally was like healthy enough to take us to an NBA finals, but who's going to be the successor to him and help once he's gone? Who do we have in the next running? Book is a great option to be pretty confident in book handling that right now. Book is a great option. He does a great job facilitating. But you had to think about somebody else that was going to replace Chris Paul as even the spot, even if you wanted Devin Booker to be that initiator. And the fact that the, the Suns didn't do this, and now you go in on all the, on, on this route, we've seen how this ends before, man. Very few teams can end up like how LeBron James did in the Miami Heat, or even when he went back to the Cavs. Very few teams are capable of that. Mm. So I like they made their bed. This is this is the shortcut. Because if you really wanted to keep it going, you would have kept this team. You would have figured out how to tweak around the edges upgraded Chris Paul, somebody to replace him, but you didn't. You decided to go in with three all-stars, one who's going to be a Hall of Famer, Devin Booker's fantastic, and now you got a bunch of role players where I'm like, all right, like I like Nurkic, but it's like not necessarily a game changer, but all right, what else do you got around this team? Like it's okay role players, but it's not enough, man. Only reason I didn't necessarily see it as a shortcut was because like, you had Booker drafted talent. You acquired Bridges in, in the draft they trade with the Sixers uh, for Zaire Smith. You get Aiton in that mix. Uh, and then you get a CP3. So, like, you know, after the bubble, they, they were on a climb. They were climbing. But it's after that, climbing. isn't it? Like, you got to look like what they did. They don't have anybody. So now it's a short because they, they, they want to win did, that chip. Didn't they change uh, management? Or governorship well, yes. came in. Yeah, the, yeah. The ownership did did come in. But what I'm saying is that once you got to the championship with CP3, there's no going back. Like you're mm. you're trying to stay there, right? You 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 tasted that 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 championship, you know, moments, and you lost to the Bucks. But now the challenge is, okay, what do we do to get ourselves over that hump? Because clearly we weren't better than that Bucks team. I mean, you have an opportunity to go get KD. Without, I don't think any did anybody really know that Mikal Bridges was going to have the season that he was going to end up having last year. Like, if you have an opportunity to go get Kevin Durant, you got to do it for sure. No one's yeah, arguing. Yeah. No, no one's arguing that. But it's the like you like 
the team was still competitive with Chris Paul and everybody else on that roster. But and he, now you just completely, I understand that, but now you just completely changed the entire thing. And this is where I'm saying it's a shortcut because you went out in on two star, two stars, right. That have now completely changed the outlook of this team. Like it's not eight. There's no like, fine. You I'm trading for Katie 10 out of 10 times. The bridges thing is not the issue. But you don't have Crowder. You don't have Cam Johnson. Like, you traded so much of what that son's identity was that is not even there anymore. That's how I look at it as, like, a shortcut because he said, we're not going to go through the ups and lows. Like, Celtics, like, you go look at the Celtics. They, I know it's a different make team, but they're still on that same trajectory. Like, you still have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, obviously. You still have Horford there. For the most part, they had, like, that original crew. Like, they've slowly molded over time to change. Like, even the addition to Derek White – He's still there. He's been there long enough where it's like, okay, he's still part of that team. You know, I get you get rid of Marcus Smart, but you you even add like Chris House Porzingis that makes sense. Like, okay, you're making moves, but you still have like that core, that identity of what this roster looks like. I look at the Suns team, and it's just outside of Devin Booker, a lot of it's just a hodgepodge of guys who you have to try to supplement around KD and Bradley Bill. It's not really this original thing. Like, maybe if they went to like, say you don't do the KD trade, maybe if you keep bridges and you'd say Monty was that experimental where he's like, oh, wow, we have something in Bridges here where it could have been Booker and Bridges. How do we figure this combination out? Maybe this is the direction we go. We don't really need someone like Chris Paul, and we could do something different. But they didn't go in that direction. That That's how I look at it as. Andrew, one more. You had another comment on it? I thought of a nice maybe little trade because you know how Draymond is more valuable to the Warriors than any other team? Mm-hmm. I think Bull Bull is more valuable to the Spurs than any other team coming off the bench for Wemby. So he can play that Wemby type role off the bench. The Suns bring in Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson can help this Suns team make a package happen. I know Woj said they're a little hamstrung with their options, but yeah, it's just a crazy trade idea from yours truly combo. Yeah, I I think the next two years, you know, is going to determine and they have to figure out how they're going to get their bench. Add in the role, the, the the nice complimentary pieces for their bench. Like, you know, who, who's going to be that defensive stopper? You know, Koji's nice, but I think they still need another wing defender. Um, do they have enough front court depth behind Nurkic? Are, are they able to rebound at a high level? You know, I don't feel like they have as much size as they need. Um, well, let's see, man. 14, 14 and 15 on the campaign. Spurs well, would do that, right, CP? Yeah. You, no, you, th- you think the Spurs, the Spurs wouldn't take Bobo for Kelly, no. right? No, no, I don't, I don't see it. I, I don't see it, man. Um, <laughs> the original Chet, the original Wemby, Chet, the original according, Chet. According to Shaq, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about and salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up on Free Boy CP, Alex, and Andrew in the building. Uh, the NBA report is back. Post holiday edition. Uh, remember that this show is presented by Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. Go to prizepicks.com, use our promo code MBAR for a first time deposit match up to $100. Okay, let's get to Ja Morant and do New Orleans Pelicans, man. This was a wild game uh, between, I mean, Ja Morant and the Grizzlies taking on the New Orleans Pelicans in a rematch. These two teams had just faced off uh, just last week in Ja's return to the NBA after the 25-game suspension. And, uh, you know, this one went back and forth. The Pelicans held on to a fourth-quarter lead, but uh, the Grizzlies would come roaring back. Grizzlies would come roaring back. And then the end of this game was crazy because you had John Morant goes to the line 
gets fouled. No, no, no. Attacks. Uh, sorry. He, he, John Morant attacks the rim. They call a foul. They call a foul. And this is with 1.4 seconds left. The Pelicans review, get the play reviewed, and they rescind it. So now you have a jump ball, center court, 1.4 seconds left. Grizzlies down by one. They win the tap, call timeout with 0.4 seconds left. And on the ensuing inbound possession, they try to throw an alley over the top to Triple J. Who gets fouled, makes the first one, misses the second one. The game goes into overtime, and the Grizzlies come away with this one, man. 116 to 115. John Moran scores 31 points. You had Desmond Bain killing it once again with 27, including a three in the final minute regulation uh, that helped Memphis erase a 15-point second-half deficit. And then Bain also made the clinching free throw to give the Grizzlies a four-point lead with four seconds left in OT. You had Triple J with uh, 19. Grizzlies 4-0, man. Andrew, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I remember um, a few years back when the Grizzlies used to win when John Morant was out. They used to question Ja's impact. I think we could say at this point, there's yeah. no questioning. Oh, I hated that conversation. <laughs> yeah, that was that was such a bad conversation. I guess we could see right now there's no questioning his impact. Um, you know, obviously what everybody always talks about with Ja is the eye-popping athleticism. But what really sticks out to me is just the IQ, the game managing, the passing, the feel for the game. And on top of that, he has the generational athleticism and the grit that you talked about that the Pistons lack CP. He's the entire package. He's a generational talent. And we see the impact he's having. So it's looking like he could take this team on his back with Desmond Bain playing really well. Jaron Jackson Jr. being solid and take this team to the playoffs. I hated that conversation, Andrew, just because, yeah, you know, when I, found, crazy, when I was crazy, when, when you guys spent and I said, oh, for about a quarter of the season, you're going to miss John. It's going to be like major. We're like, well, Tyus Jones, you know, can, can manage a ship. I'm like, come yeah, on, let's, man. let's, like, let's see what they do in the playoffs without John. Let's see that. Right. Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, and I know Tyus had some solid run. How's that working out for the wizards, by the way? Right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, look, man, this is why I think this team can come back and, and get into playing category and make some noise because you look at what Ja does for this team. He just opens everything up, mm -hmm. opens everything up because of his downhill nature. Like there's no one on that team outside of Ja that can relentlessly get downhill and be as crafty of a finisher around the rim as him. And that's just a game changer because if you can't stop somebody like that, it opens up stuff for Desmond Bain, Jared Jackson, who I say, thank you last night for helping me win some money on a certain app. To get you know a nice a nice little small small wager, get some seventy bucks. So I'm happy about that. So thank you Triple J for helping me out. <laughs> thank you for going to overtime because you were not going to help me out otherwise. But look, John ja Morant, major, absolutely major. Like you could see, he's like that level of like Anthony Edwards, as is to the Minnesota Timberwolves. When he is missing, you see how rough this team is to watch. Now that he is back, this team is going to surge. I expect it to make the play in. And I expect them to make some noise, man. I really do. This team is going to be a tough out. Yeah, team's going to be tough, man. And obviously, we knew how talented he was. But you you see how much he's missed mm. when he comes back and just has his team in their spots in order and just has everybody, allows everybody to, to play their role. And I remember when he was a rookie, and there was a lot of questions as to whether – 
his finishing ability would be impacted by his size, you know, going in and, and finishing over NBA bigs and NBA defenses and NBA physicality. How is he going to handle that? And man, you, you just see in the way that he attacks the basket with ease. And then the way that he's setting his teammates up, you know, the, the cross court passes, a lot of risky passes that someone would make. I mean, he's throwing bullets over there. He's finding Bain. He's finding Zaire Williams and, and David Roddy and these guys. And, you know, this is just a completely different team. It's, it's a it's a transformed team. And when you have Ja, you have Desmond Bain, who's been cooking, Triple J, and you add in Marcus Smart to that mix, right? Now you're seeing the impact of Marcus Smart on this team, being that Grizzlies vet being that championship competitor, like a guy that, again, when we talk about what the Pistons need, a guy that's been there, he's played in those big moments, he can be an extension of the coach. Guys, that, A guy that guys can respect when he speaks. Yep. His impact now, now that he's healthy, I think, you know, their bench is a little bit sus, but right now they've got that four that is going to compete every night. They have the shooting with Bain, the athleticism with Triple J and Ja, and the finishing talent of a, of a jaw, they're, they're in a good spot, man. 10 and 19 right now, but right, they're cooking. They're cooking four straight win, man. I never got that, like, he won't be able to finish over NBA bigs. First of all, it's just a lot more spacing in the NBA, right? Like, and yeah. that's what it's conducive for guys who, Al said, go downhill and put pressure on the rim. Uh, you know, I always thought this guy would be great since college, not to toot my own horn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. He was electric. Yeah, he was. He Incredible was. He was. He was. He was he was different. Yeah. yeah. I, I, re I remember when it was before I started going into content creating, I just watched the NCAA tournament and it was like, I know the Knicks were, oh, we got to take for Zion, take for Zion, take for Zion. I watched the NCAA tournament and I saw Joff from Murray State just going off. And I was like, I don't know about that. I think I like this yeah. guy more. I was the like, energy, I I the Joff. energy, right? The yeah. energy he had. Yeah. Ferocious. Like, dude, yeah. he, there is, it is, I don't even know how to describe it. He's it's more than an energizer bunny because he's just aggressive. Like you have to, your he puts defenses like on their heels twenty four seven. Right. Like there is nothing you can't take a you can't take a possession off because if you do, he's gonna figure out and just get to the rim. How do you guys feel about the AI comps? Eh, AI was AI is a three level score. Yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. full three level score. John's like a pure point guard with elite athleticism on top of yeah, it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I that's think, it. I think, I think the legit. I think for John, even though some may dislike, I think the comparison to Russell Westbrook is more favorable than AI, just because AI, that man was just creative. You could, I, I, yeah, yeah. three levels. I like John's feel for the game better than Russ's, even though Russ was at sure. a very elite. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Maybe even like a Derek. Actually, who's on the team with him? Derek Rose. That's another yeah, guy yeah. who you can yeah. actually compare him to because the yeah. athleticism, mm -hmm. just aggressive mm -hmm. downhill nature. I don't know that that's that I'm going to, I think they can make the play in tournament, make some noise. They're 10 and 19. Now, Andrew, I already talked about this with you last week, but I still want your opinion. Like if there, if you had, if this team was to make the play in, what team is falling out right now? I said the Pelicans, yeah. you got the Pelicans, Rockets, Lakers, Warriors right now in that play in category out of those four teams. Who's fallen. I would agree with you with the Pelicans. You know, um, I just don't know how that team fits when Zion isn't being like the right. version of Zion we saw last season. Right. But they they could kind of like defy the fit of the team by just pure talent. And I don't see that so far this season. I think Pelicans are a good pick and a good choice to to choke. I think they're a reliable option. I think the Lakers could be there as well. Wow. Do you, do you see P? Injury. 
That's, oh, okay. that's all I'm saying. Because if they lose one of LeBron or AD and they don't make a trade, like they're saying that the Zach Levine stuff is doubtful. They have their eyes on DeJounte Murray, which I would love. But we'll see what happens there. If they don't make a move and one of these guys goes down, I, I don't, I'm not so sure the Lakers can recover there, especially with, with, without either Le, LeBron or AD, man. I, I think those guys are way too important. Yes, I like the way that Austin Reeves is playing, and they have some solid role players, but I think it could be them. I mean, right now, they're, they're how many games ahead of the Grizz or a, ahead in terms of the, uh, the play-in? They are one. One game ahead. There's Here. so many... You know, as deep as the West is, so many of the teams have question marks, and it just leads me to believe that Denver's just going to take it again. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not so sure if Denver's going to take it. And then and then you saw OKC beat Minnesota last night. So yeah. OKC's making OKC still right there. They've been getting busy. They're, they're getting busy. You, you, got, you guys got them as out, outside contenders right now? Like, like nah. I don't know, because I haven't seen them in a series yet. Right? Different things. It, it, it's different when... You Talk know, to CP after tonight's game. Oh, that's the post game. Yo, I, I don't know. Series bro. tough. I gotta you see him series battle tested. Talk, talk to CP after tonight's post I, game. If the Knicks why. win, we'll, we'll, it will. You won't get the maybe the full ray of how this OKC team is. But ask him if they lose. <laughs> you know, you know SGA in the playoffs. Man, that's gonna be tough, bro. That's gonna be tough. Because, like, you want, as NBA teams, you want your shot diet to be a lot of free throws, a lot of layups, and a lot of threes, right? But when the game is on the line, you got to be able to get into yeah. that mid-range and make shots. And SGA is a killer in that yeah. area. And, and Chet. Can, and Chet. Yeah, you yeah. know, the Chet factor. Yeah, yeah. Chet's been great, man. I mean, yeah. he just filled every gap that that team needed. Absolutely. So, I think, I don't, I won't count Memphis out, man. I won't count Memphis out. Yeah. I mean, they're only four and a half out. From Golden State. Golden State could slide if they get a key injury here or there. You know, we'll see what happens when Draymond comes back. The young players are starting to contribute. They're looking a little bit better. Yeah. Funny, funny so, enough, I don't see the Rockets sliding just because I think no. Udoka is just too much of just yeah. hit between him and Dylan Brooks. I and feel now like Sangoon is getting busy. Sangoon, yeah. too. Yeah. Baby, like, Yo like Baby Jokic. He's getting busy out there. <laughs> But I just feel yeah. like that personality of Udoka, especially when you have someone like Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet, two guys who are like gritty competitors. Yeah. There's no way you just see how they play. They don't even they don't even need to score twenty, but they just figure out a way to will their way to victory. I just don't see them out of all those three teams of all those four teams in the play in. I actually don't see them dropping. Let's see. Of those teams, I mean, if you go to strength of schedule for now, and you you know you take strength of schedule with a grain of salt, it's just. It can always change. But right now, Golden State and Houston in that group, in that playing group, are set to have the easiest schedule left of that group. Golden State, 23rd out of 30. Houston, 25 out of 30 in terms of strength of schedule. Memphis, 7th. So that's interesting. Lakers, 15th. Mm. Again, that's just for now. Things, things can always change. It's very early. But for now... You know, they, they've still got a a schedule ahead. I mean, we take a look at Memphis's next couple at Denver tomorrow, Thursday, at the Clippers. Clippers are playing well. You got the Kings. You have the, the Spurs, Toronto, at Lakers, at Phoenix, at Dallas. That's January 5th, 7th, and 9th. 
Who would you yeah. guys have coming out oh, the way? Like home Knicks. Yeah, got who 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 would be the two teams you would have? Like, I think Denver would probably be in all of our one of the two, right? Like they'd be top two in probably all of our lists. Mm-hmm. But who who would be that other team that you think has the best chance to win in the West? Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. I, I think Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. I think defensively yeah. defensively, I mean, that carries throughout all of playoffs. But the other thing too is that I will get Ant-Man. I just think when he needs to get rolling, he can get rolling. And from one through five, even their bench, like they got the height, they got the wingspan, they got the grit. I think they're another team. Like they give Denver a run for their money. In, in full health versus the Lakers, you think they win a seven-game series? Timberwolves? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Ooh. I'm not. I'm not ready to do that. Full health? Full health, both teams. No, I'm gonna say no. I know the LeBron James factor, but I think I'm not, that, uh, yeah, full the, health. The, I'm going Bron and eighty. I think the one. I think for me, it's more so of everybody else. Something is Reeves gonna show up? Is if you got Dwo, is Dwo gonna show up? Is Rui gonna show up? Because I will. I will, like the way LeBron's playing the season. I love it, but it's just a lot, man. It's a lot. I mean, even yeah. against the Pacers. In that in-season tournament, I, I was like, "Oh, yeah, you know what?" Flexy Flex in the chat had another one. I I think I put the Clips. I I think I put the Clips in playoff contention at full health over the Wolves right now. Yeah, I mean, full health Kawhi is different. I'm going with the Clips. Yeah, he's different. I'm going with the Clips. Full health. On your Reeves point, Al, I think that I have no numbers on this, but if LeBron is fully engaged, I feel like Reeves is fully activated too. I don't know. Always. Yeah, yeah, always, always, always. Yeah. And it, But the thing about the Lakers that I like is that, you know, with all the wings that they have now, LeBron doesn't have to do too much on the defensive end. You know what I'm saying? Quarterback like, from behind, right? Right. Yeah, so, yeah. like, because you have Vanderbilt, you can throw at guys. You have Cam, you can throw at guys. You have Torian Prince, you can throw at guys. So, like, that that Kawhi Leonard, Paul George matchup, like, LeBron might not even have to go there in crunch time because you're going to have those other guys do the dirty work. So that can keep you fresh as well on the offensive end to do your thing. It feels a little cavish, right? Like, you have JR, Shump, to, like, kind of do the dirty work for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I, I think at full health, I, I wouldn't necessarily count them out. But I say if they don't, if you if you get a setback for LeBron and AD, and he had a scary one Christmas Day against uh, Jalen Brown, um, you get a setback one of those guys. I think it, it definitely hurts the Lakers if they, if they don't make a move. What AD are you getting? That's the big thing for the Lakers, man. I don't know what you, that's why it's like it's just it's so difficult. I mean, he had a good series against the Nuggets last year in the Western yeah. Conference Finals. I'm just like, still, uh, there are too many games. For my liking, for a guy who you could say it could be a top ten guy easily when he's yeah. on, it's just too many games where I'm like, is he is he engaged today? Is he on his A game? Because if not, like I'm going, I'm going with the Timberwolves over the Lakers, the Clips. I, I don't, there's, I can't buy James Harden, man. I can't buy James. <laughs> didn't Harden he just? Did he? Wait, wait. Didn't he just drop twenty eight last night? Yo, that that's so same, man. Oh come on, yo, I told Regular you, don't James sleep Harden on the like, Clips. Yo, cue up the cue up the ISO Harden videos, man. Don't, oh my god, don't sleep on the Clips, man. Do not sleep on the Clips. I'm telling you. Uh, wake me, I, I wake me up when they're in the fi- Western Conference Finals. I think they'll be there, man. So to everybody in the chat once again, hit that thumbs up on free boys. CP Alex Andrew in the building. The NBA report. Presented by Prize Picks, man. Uh, let, let's get into Prize Picks segment before we wrap. 
prize picks daily fantasy made easy uh once again you go to prizepicks.com or you could use our link in the description use our code nbar they will match your deposit so you literally have free money to play with you have house money to play with and get you introduced to the game of prize picks and how do you play well it's simple to play two to six players you're going to pick two to six players and you're going to predict whether or not they're going to do more or less than the given stat projection that prize picks has outlined for the night's games. And you can pick players from uh, football, basketball. You have a number of sports that you can choose from soccer, tennis, MLB. You can, you can, they have MLB season uh, uh, more or less that you can choose from now. For example, for my Yankee fans, if you want to pick your home run totals, well, you got Juan Soto with 35 and a half and you got Aaron Judge with 43 and a half, more or less. You can do your entire season totals for MLB available now. But back to NBA. Here's where I'm going on tonight's NBA matchup. I'm going OKC Knicks heavy tonight. Uh, number one, I started off with Isaiah Hartenstein. I'm going with more than 10 rebounds. You know, Chet is tough. We definitely give credit to them there. And OKC on a whole has been tougher on opposing C's, but they are susceptible to those rebounds, man. And I think iHeart, if he can stay in if he can stay out of foul trouble and have a chance to be out there on the court, then you're going to get a lot. He's going to get a lot of chances to get some rebounds there for the Knicks. So I'm going iHeart with over with more than 10 rebounds. Also in this game, I'm going with Julius Randle, the workhorse for the Knicks with more than 35 and a half points and rebounds. I have a hard time seeing who OKC is going to throw in front of Randle to uh, slow him down and slow down his scoring pace. Plus, I do believe that he'll be back active on the boards. He had nine boards in the Knicks win against the Bucs, and I think he should be able to continue to have rebounding opportunities in this game. So I'm going with more than 35 points of rebounds for Julius Randle. Also in this game, Dante DiVincenzo, uh, one of the weaknesses in this OKC defense is guarding opposing twos. I'm going with Dante DiVincenzo with more than eight and a half points. I think the big ragu gets off to a fast start. It's a couple threes in the first quarter, and there you have it. One more to get that one. I think that number is a little bit low for him. Now, last one I'm going with. Fred Van Fleet. I think this number is pretty low for him. Phoenix Suns have not been able to guard the point guard position at all this season. I'm going with Fred Van Fleet with more than 18 and a half points. Houston at home hosting the Suns. So those are my picks for tonight's matchup. Uh, Al, how you looking? Oh, man. For tonight's matchup? Let me yeah. get into the, Let me get into this. All right. Why am I losing my screen? Where is it? I just had it. All right. This is all right. Here we go. Here we go. Here it is. Yep. Okay. So I'm going tonight with Scotty Barnes. First and foremost, Scotty Barnes and more than one and a half three pointers made. He's been doing a good a number. Good job doing a good job knocking been down three. I feel like this is just easy money for me. We'll see how it all plays out. But I chose Scotty Barnes. They're playing the Washington turnstile. Look, they ain't guarding anybody on the perimeter. Let's go get it, Scotty. I'm choosing Dennis Schroeder for less than seven assists. This is against a team that doesn't need much out of Dennis Schroeder to set guys up. Because this could be feast and famine for everybody on that Raptors team. So I'm choosing to Schroeder for a less than seven assists. I'm then going to Andrew's team, the Milwaukee Bucks. He's there playing the Brooklyn Nets today. I'm choosing Dane for more than 27 and a half points because it's Brooklyn, man. They don't play defense. We just saw the Knicks go off against the Nets last week. I have expected Damian Lillard to bounce back, especially if the Bucks lost to the Knicks. They're probably angry. They want to get back on the winning side of things. Damian Lillard going off tonight. 
against the Brooklyn Nets. I'm sticking with Andrew's team still because I'm going Ooh. with Giannis Antetokounmpo for more than 49 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. It's the Brooklyn Nets, baby. They can't stop this guy. Come on now. And then last and certainly not least, I'm choosing Daniel Gafford for more than eight rebounds. Who else? Someone's got a rebound in battle. Yaka uh, Pertle against, uh, against the Toronto Raptors. So I'm choosing Gafford for more than eight rebounds. That's my sheet for tonight. Let's go, Andrew. How are you looking? Shout surprise picks. Nicholas Claxton. I'm going to go under a 9.0 rebounds. I think Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, and Giannis will shore up the boards. I also think Giannis in transition will give Nicholas some problems and maybe put him even into some foul trouble. So I'll go less than 9.0 rebounds. As Al said, the Washington turnstiles. Hashtag nasty work. Jacob Pardo will put him in the post. <laughs> 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 we'll put him in the post and score more than 11.5 points. Tyrese Maxey, I think he'll get buckets first Orlando, but I don't think he'll go quite to 7.0 assists. I think he'll be focused on the scoring today, so I'll go less than on 7.0 assists. And Chet Holmgren, the guy makes the right pass really often. I think he'll get more than 2.5 assists versus your guys, New York Knicks. There it is, man. So for you people at home, play to win, but play responsibly. Once again, go to prizepix.com. Use our code MBAR for an instant deposit match up to $100. Or you can hit the link in the video description, man. So uh, great show, fellas. Absolutely great show. I thought we really attacked these, these topics and segments very well, man. Some interesting stuff going on around the NBA as usual. Uh, for you people at home, thanks again for tuning in. Do us a favor. Share these videos on Twitter. Share it on your Facebook feed. Share it on your social media, man. Support the wave. Hit the like button. Hit the share button. And subscribe to the channel. Another fire edition of the NBA report. Remember that these shows are available in audio podcast format. No reason to miss it if you missed it live salute to the replay gang but you could also catch it in podcast format we will see you guys on friday 3 p.m eastern time we out of here man great show